Food. I love food. Well, who doesn't? We all gotta eat. We all gotta eat every day, several times a day. And that is something that we all have in common. Like wherever you live, whoever you are, it doesn't matter what your life looks like. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. We all gotta eat. And food brings us together as well. It's one of these topics that is quite heavy on some of us. It is closely related to the body. And now let's listen and dissect this topic and figure out what we can do with food. Welcome to this episode of the Healthy and Aligned podcast. So today's episode is going to be on nutrition or food and drinks, basically. This episode is part of my aligned year. So it's a new month, it's a new topic, and that is topic number four. So I'm really excited that you are here with me and that you're listening to this episode and that you're on this journey with me. And My Aligned Year is my signature program where we have a different focus topic for each month for, you guessed that, one year. I'm going to share some more details about this program at the end of this podcast so you can find out how to join and how to take part in it. So let's talk food. Let's talk drinks. There is so much to say about this. There's so much information on it. As I said earlier, we all have to eat several times a day. So it is something that is very present in our lives and very present in our everyday life. We have to go shopping. We have to cook the food or we have to order the food and figure out what we want to order, what we want to eat. So it's a question that we probably ask ourselves almost every day and When we talk about nutrition, there are so many aspects of it. So there could be eating preferences. Do you eat meat? Yes or no. Do you eat dairy? Yes or no. Or drink dairy for that matter. Are you an omnivore? Or do you eat no meat but you eat fish? There's so many different varieties of that. As well as macronutrients, micronutrients. How is your vitamin balance? How are you doing on that? When do you eat? How much time do you have between your meals? It's like this plethora of things to consider and learn about and get insights about. And those are all things that I'm not going to talk about with you because there is so much information and I'm going to share more about that later. But I think you know best what works for you and I will never know what works for you without being in close contact with you through one of the coaching programs and we discuss your situation and we discuss your everyday life and what works for your body and what doesn't. So what I think is more important in the context of healthy and aligned living is your relationship with food. So that's what we will focus on for this month. In my aligned year, you will find a lot of reflection questions, a lot of journaling prompts and also questions that I will ask you through stories because our relationship with food is so deep and so often fragile rooted in our upbringing rooted in the society we live in right now what's your Instagram bubble what do those people think about food or say about food so there's 
a lot of perspectives that need to be considered when we talk about this and how it affects you and how you eat, how you drink, how your body feels when you do those things. So I just said, there's so many different versions of eating and eating habits and preferences and patterns and all of these things. There is so much information about food out there. Most of it is contradicting as well, like eat meat, yes or no, high carb versus low carb, or sugar in fruit is still sugar. And then others say, but fructose, it's so different. You load up on your fruits. So... There's so much information and you follow one person and you do what they say and maybe you feel good, maybe you don't. You follow another person, you do what they say, same experience, some things work, some things don't and you're just confused because you're like, why does it work for them? Why does it work for me? Why am I so different? Or why can I never stick to uh, what other people do? Why can I never stick to a specific diet? that will solve all my problems, obviously. And often we feel guilty, we feel uncomfortable, we don't feel safe around food. And to me, that is such a pity because I love food, as I said. And many people love food. I mean, it's what we need to survive anyways. So it's good that we like it, I guess. It all kind of comes down to your relationship with your body and with food as I said earlier and when I say your relationship with your body I don't want to talk about weight loss or the perfect body that you're supposed to have or BMIs and all those things I am talking about your relationship with your body in terms of how connected are you with your body do you listen to your body do you know what feels good to it or what doesn't As I said, there are so many things that you could do that seem to work for someone else, but somehow they don't work for you. And there is this concept which I learned during my studies at IIN, and it's called bio-individuality. And I just love this concept. So basically what it means is everyone is different. Everyone is unique. So how on earth should there be one magic solution for everyone while we live in different places we move differently throughout the day some person maybe goes running every day the other person sits at the laptop every day or your body functions differently have you ever you know met someone or maybe that is you that person that can seem to eat anything and everything and they can seem to gain weight for better or worse Wow. And then there are people who say that uh, they just need to look at chocolate and they gain a pound, you know? So we are different. The Where your food is grown influences how much nutritional value is in that food. Which side on the tree was the apple? <laughs> you know, was there a lot of sun? Was there not so much sun? That influences the nutritional value. There is a plentitude of differences for all of us, like I have different eating habits than my partner, even though we mainly eat the same things. 
some things are easier for him some things are better for me and then we kind of navigate around that together to figure out what is the best solution for both of us and sometimes that means that we do eat differently or we, we eat at different times and so on so even in families you know you have differences and it's a challenge sometimes to figure out the common ground but i guess that's part of the journey as well so bioindividuality only you know what works for you only you know what works for your body and what doesn't and that's why this connection to your body is so important the sensitivity and awareness on how food and drinks affect your body sometimes it takes 10 minutes sometimes it takes an hour sometimes you notice something the next day so It's very, to me, this is the key as well on my own nutritional and food journey to realize what works and what doesn't. So when we talk about the relationship that we have with food, it is like everything else connected to the beliefs that we have or things that we believe are true our understanding of food and everything around it and usually those beliefs are again rooted in our upbringing and in society as a whole similar to the money beliefs that I mentioned in my last podcast we also hear certain statements about eating or around food when we grow up For me, for example, my grandma would always say that I need to finish my plate so that we have great weather the next day. I don't know why. I don't see the relation, but that's the sentence I grew up with. Then others um, heard the sentence, for example, but there are children starving. You should be happy that you even have food or you better eat what's put in front of you. Or I spent so many hours cooking this meal so you better enjoy it. You know, like those sentences that you might have heard from your parents or your caretakers or maybe when you went to like a canteen in school, like what people would say around food and you heard repeatedly, somehow it probably manifested somewhere inside your body, inside your brain. And I know so many people who cannot leave anything on their plate as adults because they feel guilty they feel bad even though they're full and they had enough food they need to finish the plate because and I believe that this is something that was cemented into their brains when they were young because they cannot really explain it they just say something like oh I hate food waste And don't get me wrong, I don't like food waste either. That's not something that I inspire to, obviously. However, feeling when you're full, feeling when you're satiated is a signal from your body saying, I have enough. And if there's anything left on your plate, well, there are ways to deal with it. Warm it up the next day, share it with someone else. Um, and yes, sometimes maybe you need to throw it, sure whatever, you know, you'll figure it out, I'm sure of it. But the people that cannot leave anything on their plate, when I ask them, they're like, oh, I never questioned that. It's just that I don't like food waste and, you know, that's how it's done. That's the polite way of doing with it, as if it was an insult to the chef if you didn't finish your plate, you know. 
and an insult to anyone who came in contact with this or an insult to society or whatever. Those are beliefs that we all have. So you might have this one about finishing your plate and consequently overeating and overburdening your body with more food than it actually needs, causing you to fall into some type of food coma afterwards because your body has to work overtime and extra hard to deal with what you just did to it. But there might be other things as well. There might be certain orders in which you take your food. There might be you can only eat dessert when you ate your main course or like those things that you you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean. And we need to question those. We need to dig into those and figure out, hey, is that actually true? Is that something that is serving me or is that something that is limiting me or blocking me or making me do things that are not good for me, that are making me feel bad? Another thing in that same context is the cultural dimension of food. I feel like food is such a huge element of culture when we talk about cultures we talk maybe about some of the behaviors we talk about the language maybe we talk about the history and then we talk about food go to any wikipedia page on any culture and at one point they will have a huge part probably with the link to the extra article on the food and if you want to connect with anyone from another country talk about food with them because we all have stories to share we all have traditional things that we do in our countries or regions or maybe families that are shareable with other people and everyone can relate to it because as I said we all eat so that's always a very easy access and a very easy connection to talk to people and connect with them but then obviously also with this cultural dimension there comes a whole set of beliefs and truths and things that are around that like how you eat when you eat how long you eat for example like the time when you eat so in germany we traditionally eat early for dinner and then when you go to spain for example when i go to spain on holidays when i'm hungry the restaurants are even, aren't even open yet you know so there are those differences as well that are culturally anchored or do you eat a cheese plate after your dessert for example, which some countries do. Do you start with some type of aperitivo before you start your evening meal? Like there are so many different things that are culturally culturally accepted, culturally expected as well. And again, as beautiful as these things are and as traditional and you know, familiar they probably are to you as well. Some of these things we can question. We can question actually all of them. Does it serve me or not? Does that make me feel bad? Me, I'm a person, I like to eat early. Obviously, that's also something that I learned throughout my upbringing and that my body has gotten used to. So whenever I go somewhere else now where they tend to eat late, I get a tummy ache. Like, I can't. I'd rather not eat dinner than eat late dinner because it's painful. It's not good for me. It's not good for my body. That's just one example. So all of these things, the sentences and statements you heard or the proverbs that are around food that you know and grew up with, 
the cultural aspects of food and then again as well looking at how food is presented in the media as well what does your social media bubble looks like like who do you follow do they have a healthy relationship with food do they post their food and tell you what you need to eat and what you should avoid or do do you read news about food that are maybe not research based but just sound interesting like go and eat butter it's fine again you know we can all eat butter you remember that times cover for example those things they do something to you they do something to your understanding of food and i keep on running into conversations about nutrition because i mean i spend quite some time researching nutrition for me and what works for me and then i always have to bite my tongue when i hear someone else talking about food that is so far from what i believe about it but i don't want to influence them right i don't want to tell them oh you should eat xyz or you should not do this and that because it might work for them so again for me bioindividuality understanding that we're all unique and that our bodies function in their own way is the core of this and then around this it's how do we relate to food how can we question the beliefs and the understanding that we have around food and break it up some things might be serving some things might be good for you and you feel energized after you eat them or if you eat a certain way or a certain time and other things might kind of make you feel heavy make you feel bloated or constipated or all of these things you know you lose your energy after you eat so i had a time every time after lunch i just totally plummet i would be so tired and I had no energy left and then I had to work in my corporate job and seriously the work I did after lunch is useless it was wasted you know it was me just sitting at the laptop randomly clicking around and pretending to work in a way and that is because I ate the wrong foods for my body for lunch I ate too much for example that is something that I noticed and that I had to learn I ate the wrong types of food for my body. I think it's a interesting journey as well to embark on and it can be so much fun as well to learn more about your body and maybe discover new foods as well, try out new recipes and kind of explore different avenues around this topic that kind of work for you. So I mentioned that I had my own kind of journey, which included a lot of research around food and nutrition. And maybe I can share a couple of things around that. I had the problem that I was almost always bloated. It was like more than once I was asked how far I am in my pregnancy, which still amuses me to this day. But I was just so bloated that I basically looked pregnant to some people honestly I didn't I just had a bloated belly and pregnancy looks completely different but I guess those people didn't know better so they tried to be nice well so that is the note for you don't ever ask anyone if they are pregnant because they might not <laughs> so it was really bad 
I could hardly go to the toilet. Like, you know, eventually we do have to talk about poop when we talk about nutrition as well. So I had trouble with that as well. And if I was on the road and I would travel, I sometimes wouldn't go for several days in a row. And I would just feel very miserable. Most of the time I wouldn't feel well. And that that was very frustrating, as you can imagine. And I know many people who have similar symptoms who have similar problems so I know that it's not unique to me and I went to the doctors and they couldn't really help me uh, they gave me the diagnosis that is not really a diagnosis they just said like oh we can't find anything wrong with your body so it has to be somewhere stress related like that's always the the answer you get if they can't find anything it's got to be stress related and maybe it was maybe it wasn't however I couldn't just live with that diagnosis and you know, live with the fact that every time after I eat, I get bloated, you know, and I feel uncomfortable. So I embarked on my own research journey. I learned more about food, how to eat, how not to eat. Um, again, a lot of contradicting information and facts and figures. And I experimented pretty much. I tried things Some things worked, some things didn't. I kept those that worked and I tossed those that didn't. I kind of healed myself. So today, once in a while, I do get a bloated tummy, but then mostly I know why. I know why it happened and I kind of walked into it with open eyes. Um, but I don't have that problem anymore. I'm not saying that... My gut is completely healthy at this point. I know there are still a couple of things that I need to work on. But the original problem and these, this incredible, uncomfortable feeling just went away. So I'm very proud of that. And along the way, I learned a lot of things. I, as I said, learned about my own body. I learned how to connect to my own body. And... I did a couple of things that helped me figure this out. So one thing I did was for a while I kept a food diary, which means that I wrote down what I ate, when I ate, and then afterwards I would write down how I felt. So how I felt maybe 10 minutes after it, how I felt two hours later, and if necessary, sometimes the next day, what What was my body experiencing? How did this food serve or hurt me? You know, and that's how I could find certain patterns. That's how I found out about my eating windows, I would call it throughout the day, like when it makes most sense for me to eat, when it's not so good for me to eat, what I can eat in the evening and what I should avoid in the evening and all of those things. The order of food was a very important one for me, so I cannot eat fruit for example after I ate a lot of carbs so if I have like a proper dinner a full dinner and then I have a fruit bowl for dessert that's that's a surefire disaster for me I get bloated because my body cannot deal with the fruit on top of everything else so just to give you a quick example and it's how I learned to really connect with my body through this food diary because answering the question how do I feel I realized that I often kind of numbed out how I felt like I would notice things only at the point when they were really annoying 
or bugging me and not at the point when they were starting to feel uncomfortable or when the bloat would start or those things and it forced me to check in with myself and to check in with my body on a regular basis several times a day and I think that's the biggest thing that I also learned through this journey is to trust that my body knows what's best for it to follow up on cravings not all cravings you should question your cravings as well but I guess that's for that's a different topic but there is a reason why I crave certain foods there is a reason why I'm hungry at a certain point and where I'm when I'm not hungry so instead of having like fixed times where I eat I would listen to do I feel hungry do I slowly get hungry now not wait until it's too late because that also is very bad for me then I get a tummy ache again so <laughs> I have my I have my fair share of things to watch out for but these days it's come so natural to me like I learned it so well that I know what to do and I know how to react when certain things come up or don't come up Some other things that really help me are sort of like food routines, you know, how much I love routines and habits. So obviously I also had to create routines around nutrition and food and drinks. And one concept that really helped me is the concept of crowding out because I wanted to load up on more veggies and I'm also a carb monster. Like I love pasta, I love bread, I love all of these high carb meals. So usually there wouldn't be much space left in my stomach for veggies. So I turned it around and crowding out basically means that you eat the food that you want to eat for your health. You start with that. So I would start with the veggies and then I would eat the pasta or I would put more veggies than pasta for example and then the space in your stomach is kind of crowded so you still get to eat the thing that you want to eat but that maybe doesn't make you feel that amazing but you probably eat less because there is not so much space left in your tummy so crowding out really works for me and I use it to this day I can only recommend it to anyone who wants to shift how they eat but they're so used to the way that they currently eat and they don't want to miss out on any tastes or anything that they love so it's not about de depriving yourself from food but it's eating a bit more of the other food and then eat the food that you really want to eat you know the, the stuff that you were craving or that you think is fun Another thing I do is that you can always see me walk around with a water bottle. So I drink a lot of water. I've always had, so that's an easy one for me. I know some people have problems with drinking water. Luckily, I don't. But you will always see me with some, some type of water bottle when I go out. I have water with me at home here. I have several water bottles spread in the apartment so wherever I am I get to drink and I usually carry one with me anyway when I move inside the apartment as well and that has proven to be super helpful for me to stay hydrated and to really drink enough water and 
to not have to remind myself, oh shit, I need to drink water. Oh, I haven't had a water in whatever, three hours or so. So that rarely happens to me now. And the last thing that really works for me is meal planning. Again, I know it's not for everyone and that's totally fine. Just sharing what worked for me. So I ended up never knowing what to eat and I got really annoyed around that question like for lunch or for dinner it's like what are we going to eat for lunch or what are we going to eat for dinner and this question comes up every day and I got really annoyed with it and we didn't have too much in the fridge for example or in in the pantry that we could just whip up something and also I'm not a talented chef so for me ingredient random ingredients don't make a good meal so we ended up eating crap or I ended up eating crap mostly or ordering foods which I love but in moderation so what I started doing is I started meal planning I'm not meal prepping not there yet maybe one day I will but right now I'm meal planning and basically what it looks like is that during the weekend I make a plan for the meals that I want to eat the next week I leave wiggle room in there for spontaneous outings or something like that so I don't have to see the food go to waste because I decided to spontaneously go out for dinner with a friend. So I have like a couple of meals planned that I could eat any of those days and then I order that food or I go to the grocery store and order that food and then when lunchtime comes I don't have to ask like oh what what am I going to eat today what am I going to cook but I can just look at my meal prep and then I pick one of the three or four lunches that I had planned and I'm like yeah I feel like eating this one and then it's very easy for me to prepare that um sometimes it works better sometimes it doesn't but overall this has really improved the way that I eat and I eat much more home-cooked meals now which was an important thing for me personally because I can control what goes into these foods what goes into my dishes I can control how much salt how much oil is used for example all things that are important to me again you might be different. Maybe for you the best option is to order out every day because that's how you get your food and your nutrients. And if you wouldn't, you would just eat cereals with milk every day. Sure, go order your food, you know. So I'm not saying one is better than the other. Um, I think the main message, again, is find out what works best for you. And as long as you eat regularly, as long as you eat different things you're good. That's the baseline, right? Make sure that you get different types of foods into your system, different types of veggies, different colors of veggies, for example. Maybe eat a fruit once in a while, that won't hurt. You know, there are a couple of things that are applicable to all of us. As I said earlier, bio-individuality, we're all different and everyone has their own set of things that work and types of foods that work for them and I stand by that however here comes the here comes the disclaimer there are a couple of things that do apply to all humans so make sure you're hydrated drink plenty of water you know that but here's a reminder drink plenty of water then avoid overly processed foods so Opt for whole foods over processed foods whenever you can. Don't overeat when you're full. You're full. Respect that. Your body is talking to you. Your body is sending you a message. Listen to that and respect your body that way. And the last one is just load up on those veggies and fruits. 
whatever else you do, do what you need to do. But those veggies and fruits, they're going to basically fulfill many of your nutritional needs. Overall, though, I think having fun with food and having this relationship that is healthy with food, that's the most important thing. Every time where I feel that we get really strict with something or really rigid and structured in our approach to something, we lose that joy for that thing. We lose the intuition for that thing or the connection that we could have and food is fun food is yummy right so have fun with it eat what you want to eat if your body craves it go ahead eat it you know the thing is that it's more important what you do most of the time than what you do sometimes and especially people who are on diets they beat themselves up for that one day where they so-called slipped up and I don't know, ate that ice cream, which wasn't part of their diet plan. So what? They had a good time. They had a good ice cream. And most of the time, they stick to what they set out to do. And that's what's the most important thing. I'm not trying to get you on a diet here. Please don't. I don't believe in diets, to be honest. But figure out what works for you. And if what works for you is having a burger once a week or eating those fries or having a cake Sunday afternoon or whatever, then that's perfect. Feeling good around food is more important than being very specific and rigid around food. If you listen to my money podcast episode, you know how I assign energy to different things as well. And I believe the same applies with eating and food and nutrition. So the energy that you assign to your food and to your meals, how you spend your time eating, with whom you spend your time eating, that is as valuable, if not more, than the nutritional value of your food. So if you feel horrible eating so-called healthy, clean foods, your body is not going to respond well to them. You might reach certain weight loss goals maybe, but the question is, do you ingest the energy that you want to ingest? Do you want to have that energy inside your body? Because food is what creates energy inside of our bodies. It's the fuel, right? So it's the energy giver. So the energy that we give to our foods will have inevitably an effect on how we feel afterwards. You know how they say that when you cook with love, a meal tastes better? I believe that. I believe there was a certain energy infused into this food that you ingest when you eat that food and you will feel good. You know, for example, those comfort foods that we probably all have, mostly they are nostalgic or sentimental foods. Usually they're very hearty, like high-carb, high-fat meals. And for many of us, it's something that, our grandmas made and or your parents or caretakers or your neighbor made and you have a really good memory with that because that person most probably put quite some effort into preparing this and there was like a high energy put into this food or you love the churros at Walt Disney World right 
well, they're churros. They probably taste really well, but in the end of the day, they're a churro. So why does it bring you this much joy? It's because of the energy that was surrounding you when you ate that food, the excitement of being in a Disney park and the fun that you had during that time and how special this churro was at the time when you ate it and how you felt. And those are the things that we, you know, connect with food and that sometimes can also lead to emotional eating, which is a different topic, I think. But remember that when you trying to when you try to figure out what works for you and what doesn't, and when you start restricting your nutrition or changing your nutrition, remember that you can also influence how you feel around food and improve your relationship with food by how you set up your energy around it. If you hurry, for example, and you just eat on the go in between meetings while you're walking from one room to the other, that energy is probably not very beneficial for your body. And that food that you ate, well, at least you ate something, but it's probably going to make you feel heavy or will, you know, drag you and pull out energy from your body rather than doing the opposite. So there are plenty of examples to to show what I mean and I'm pretty sure that you can think of your own examples when you look at your own life when you ate something that made you feel really good and how this is connected to the energy that you gave to it I hope you enjoyed these insights and all this talk about nutrition and food and your relationship with it and the beliefs around it that we all have. You're not alone and we will work through them this month. So just stay with me and be part of my aligned year. So basically I share a lot of information around the topic of nutrition for this month and I share most of it on Instagram. Then there is also a newsletter where I send you an email every Monday with additional insights or stories or maybe journaling questions. Sometimes I include a quiz or something. So it's very different to what I do share on Instagram. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter. You can find the sign up link in the show notes of this episode. And there's, of course, this podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on any future episodes. Listen to the previous ones if that's what you want to do. We talked so far in my line here about money. That was last month. The month before, we talked about your home and home environment. And we kicked it off in the first month with the topic of growth, personal growth and growth mindset. So make sure you listen to those episodes because they do kind of lay the foundation for this entire journey that we're on and this entire program. So I highly recommend that, especially the one around the topic of growth and growth mindset, it's worth a listen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, for being here with me, for staying till the end. Uh, make sure you follow me at Sun and Green on Instagram. If you want to chat with me, just send me a DM. If you have any questions, if you want to share your wins, whatever, just send me a DM on Instagram. Or if you prefer, you can also send me an email at lisa at zenandgreen.com. And I can't wait to receive your messages. And I'm so curious what you think about this episode. So please let me know. And I will hear you in the next one. Bye and have a great rest of your day.